Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slamfire Radio, episode 478. Today is October 20th. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. I'm another host, Mo. Hey, I'm uh, Kelly. Adriel. Oh, shit. Hey, you <laughs> no, spoke over top I, of I, me. I, I did speak over top of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what is that? Uh, negligent discharge? Accidental discharge? It was premature. Uh, <laughs> it was premature uh, <laughs> <it was>, uh, <laughs> discharge. Synchronized <laughs> roll call. Okay. Oh, yours is way nicer, Mo. <laughs> Well, since Adriel is just itching to get talking, Adriel, why don't you tell us what you did in guns this week? All right. I did a couple of things. I uh, I went to the range. Uh, so my youngest completed his uh, his hunter's ed. Hey, uh, congratulations. Yeah, I did a certification. Nice. Did really well on it. And uh, like I checked uh, check in with him every once in a while, but like he had uh, he had all the answers. Got like 92 or something like that. He's a smart cookie. Yeah. Um, so that got finished. So the, the very next thing is like, okay, well, uh, we're going to go to the range and we got to try out um, oh, accuracy with, uh, with some guns and see if you can actually shoot. Because like at a younger age, you can go grouse hunting. I thought like at eh, 12 is the age when you can go, but 12 is the age for deer hunting. And you can actually go earlier for grouse. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was 10. news to me. 10. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, news to me. And uh, that's why he took it. And uh, so we, I took him to the range to... Try the 22 and see if you could be accurate enough to headshot a grouse. He is so like he had no problems with. I've got a red dot uh 1022 back there with uh uh Magpul Hunter stock, and uh, his he's like shooting like that at 10 yards, and that's all you need for a grouse. So we did that, and we also shot to 20 gauge just to just you know do it and uh shot that great as well. So I think he'll be good to go with the 22, which is nice. Uh, let's see the MC three twelve. I shot that. Um, I haven't oiled it or done anything. Literally, just like took it to the range from out of the plastic, so it's still got like packing oil and that kind of thing. Didn't run great with just the ounce and an eighth uh, Winchester, uh, but the ounce and an eight, ounce and a quarter stuff I have all ran fine and kicked the shells mm. like way out. I might just need to oil it, uh, or maybe trim the recoil spring. I'll oil it first. I'm going to like work it in and oil it before I do anything too crazy on it to, uh, to get it thrown the ounce and a quarter ran good though. Other than that ran fine. All the, it's actually the, uh, the load, the lifter on it is, uh, is really nice. It's uh, I, I really like the tension that's on it. It, it loads the shells really nice. They shuck in there really nicely. So, uh, I'm really liking it from that angle and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. I got the uh, the Jericho out again. Um, I had a couple of times the last time I was out where I'm like, oh, I got trigger freeze. So I'm like, I'm pulling the trigger, but it's not going off. I don't. I must not have let it off enough, right? But I did actually, because this time out, I had it happen to me and I had let my finger all the way off the trigger and it still hadn't reset. So I think the trigger reset spring in there just isn't, it's like maybe it's a little bit tired from, I don't know, being in service for 
God knows, 30, 40 years, however old that pistol is. <laughs> uh, and I think it just needs a new re trigger reset spring. So um, I was looking around for like, okay, can I get a spring pack for these? Yeah, you can get a spring pack. You can get like a CZ75 spring pack that'll like include all the stuff. But you can do even better. Do you know who has stuff for the Jericho? Who? Uh, Cajun Gunworks. Cajun Gunworks has a bunch of uh. Gucci parts for the Jericho. Competition Hammer, which has the sear surfaces on it that are like some of the more important for uh, for that kind of a thing. Plus springs, plus floating trigger pin, plus all this goody stuff. I'm like, ooh, that's, that is really nice. So um, now I'm looking at how to get some of that stuff in Canada. We have like oh. the local. I'm um, just saying cool. It the, is cool. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> what are they called? Wild West. Wild West carries yes. uh, carries all that stuff. Um, so uh, I'm going to email them and see if they can bring some in for me because I I, I want to try it. I, I don't even know. Like um, like the trigger on it's not bad. I bet if I put like a competition hammer from Cajun Gunworks and tune like put some tune springs in there, not like duty gun military police springs in there. I bet you it would run really nicely. I can't imagine it's going to be as good as Shadow, but uh, still better? Better than it is right now? Uh, I also blacked out the rear sights and mm -mm -mm. better. Mm -mm. Yep. Mm -mm. Uh, I got the Olympia out again. That's that, uh, that 22 handgun. And the mags are starting to work in. They're starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, I did have some where like the mag like the round pops up instead of like goes into the chamber, which uh, which was annoying. But uh, just that happens just the once out of I don't know uh, eighty rounds or something like that. So that was pretty good. Uh, I brought my hunting rifles out. I was going to bring my oldest as well, but he's still uh, testing positive for the COVID, so he got to stay yeah. home. Uh, so I tested his rifle and yeah, it's still fine. It's working. We, we had them from last year that, uh, they're still sighted in and still like deadly accurate. So those are good to go. Um, I was testing some new gen two cross mags as well. Ran just fine. Still my gen ones ran just fine. So they are a little bit more textured. So they're a little bit more grippy, I guess, uh, yep. so that worked really well. And then I did some testing on the SBI links lower. Uh, I've got two of those. So. I was testing those out. One with the um, folding, what's the stock on there? Magpul Jukov, Jukov stock on it. Uh, and then I put out uh, just a crap ton of videos. One on the Jericho, one on the Olympia, one on stabilizing your rifle. I uh, put some shorts out on three gun belt setup. Is three gun dead in Canada? Total clickbait. Yeah, uh, <laughs> saw that too. Yeah, how to clean your Ruger Wrangler, and then how to clean a Savage Rascal. Because some, someone asked on like on one of my uh, videos, like, how do you clean this thing? I was like, take the bolt out and like scrub it or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> like, ah, uh, no, maybe, maybe. Like, if someone's asking, there's probably they, lots of people who there, who yeah, don't know, so, right? So I spent a couple of days watching all your videos. By the way, you're a fabulous TikTok star now too. So I'm watching those. TikTok? You've been doing reels and TikTok. I've been doing reels on Instagram. I've been okay. doing TikTok. His, no, Instagram, TikTok. I've been doing TikTok. I've been watching style. so much TikTok and yeah. TikTok, reels Instagram, and Instagram. It's all the same. But yeah. yeah, I saw you do the the uh, Ruger Wrangler breakdown. Bored. Do this. Yeah. Do this. Do this. Brush this part over here. Yeah. <laughs> it was well done. I liked it. Yeah. 
Okay. And you know what? So like the reason I've been doing those is because the first one I put, I put one out on a, on a whim. Um, which one was it? Uh, oh, the cross mags. I put the cross mags short out there and I got like 16,000 views in like an hour. So I'm like, holy crap. Like, oh, maybe I'll do some more of these things. None of them have been even been even close. To that. <laughs> <laughs> and the Ruger Wrangler one, I thought it was better. I thought it was like interesting and it was short and quick, but uh, not even People close. People are interested in the cross mags. They are. Yes. Yeah, I saw that too. That it was like, what was it, sixteen, seventeen thousand? I said he just put this out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. 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 I'll keep doing those just because they're fun. They're like a minute to do, and uh, or not a minute to do. They're like five minutes to do, Uh, and uh, but they only last a minute. Yeah, they're fun to do. They're fun to do. Uh, I put out an article on magazine base pads in Canada because uh, I don't know. In case anyone's looking for that kind of thing, I thought I'd put up an article that says where you can get them and what they do and all that kind of stuff. And then this weekend, I'm going to go to the range to uh, do a range visit with some people from work and uh, grouse hunting with my youngest. Okay. I'm going to go visit the the parents and uh, they have some grouse that are in like practically in their yard. My youngest might take one of them or at least shoot at them. Practically adjacent to the yard. Uh, well, they're in, they're, in, they're, on a, they're on a farm, so like there's okay. it's in a bush or next, like pretty close. You could shoot from the house. If it's you okay want to. to actually go shoot it from there, though. Yes, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, it's far away like from you. the house. Okay, as the neighbors are uh, click click away on the other side. Anywho. Oh, yeah, then you live in the middle of nowhere in rural Canada where there is, yeah, yeah, neighbors are. A kilometer no, away. No neighbors don't need to worry about them. Yeah. My neighbors run through my yard naked and jump over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> or you see. Yes, uh, I did see yeah. a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> Too much. Didn't need to see that. Thanks. Yeah. So that's uh that's it for me. What about you, Kelly? I spent last weekend, I did a double header in London, Ontario. So we were at Kremlin. So thank you very much to the Kremlin Sportsman Association. Maple Seeds. It was pretty awesome days. Saturday was a little rainy, but no tornadoes. So that was a win. Um, Sunday was uh, 20 degrees and it was nice and sunny-ish. But yeah, we had a great time in uh, Kremlin. I love to go back. We had lots and lots of riflemen. So it was was fantastic and russ rodriguez our new shoot boss so he was the shoot boss for both events and i it was fun it was nice to have uh not be the shoot boss and to it was it's actually a lot a lot of fun so uh other things that happened this week um i um i got in some things for maple seed so the first thing that we got in was we have new trauma packs so Bought a bunch of those from uh, Ragnarok Tactical. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Andrew and Gavin and the team at Ragnarok. They uh, they put these um, trauma bags together for us. So a whole bunch of them for our new shop bosses that are going to be uh, they're going to cool. get these. Very nice. So um, we have one gray one. So and I think I think Rick wants a new one. So I'll give that to him. Other things that I picked up this week were my feet. So usually buy new range boots well it's been once every two years now i try not to because they're expensive right so i got a new pair of range boots because i didn't get a new pair this year so i went and got those as well and these ones are that are really kick-ass oh those look fancy um 
yeah, Loa's. So these ones are really, really fancy. I just wanted to get, I'm giving a shout out to everybody who took care of me. So Kyle Kincaid, one of our instructors as well. He is the manager over at Smith Army Surplus and they have not just army stuff. They have all kinds of stuff. I buy all my tactical stuff there as well as my maple seed stuff. So I bought a pair of range boots. So he took care of me there. So my feet are going to be super comfy because after 12 hours or 16 hours in the range, my feet are hurting. Um, yeah, but now they're going to be nice and, but I only have, so this weekend, what's going to happen is Stittsville. So we have a double header in Stittsville. And we should pass there. And then not the next week, but the week after, then we're going to be going up to Pentanguishing. And we have two more maple seeds there. And then we're done for the year. So it's wrapping up and it's getting cold. And yeah, so it was a good week. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's it. I'm not sure. I can't really think. I've been spending all day traveling, so just got in before the show. So I think that's it. Um, Kyle, what about you? Uh, not much. Sister and I went out hunting on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. How'd that go? And went for a walk and actually sat in the stand, but uh, we didn't see any deer. In fact, didn't really even see much for deer sign. But uh, we did spook what sounded like a nice-sized bull moose when we were walking in before shooting light and that. And then when we were actually heading out around midday, uh, we actually stumbled upon a cow and calf moose. So that was cool. She got to actually see an animal out in the bush. And, yeah, drove around trying to find a different location, try and find some more sign and that and ended up going for a little bit of a walk and we ended up shooting a grouse and yeah so came cool. home yeah now she was getting a little sore so we came home i cooked up the grouse and that was basically it that's shotgun 22 on the grouse shotgun shotgun Sweet. yeah bird shot number six i'm always worried about like meat damage and like chewing on pellets and that kind of thing like what would you guys use and uh normally i use like a number two or maximum number six like i think i'm actually out of number two now so it'll be like a number four to number six and it's just headshots so just pattern tight on the head yeah like the shotgun it's it's a fixed choke it's fixed uh modified and i just sneak up as close as i can you can tell usually tell when they're starting to get skittish and thinking about flying away and so get close put the bead on the, head, on the head and like this one i think there was one pellet that went through just the tip of one breast mm-hmm. but the rest of the meat was all good and mm. yeah but you definitely sure, gotta be know where your pattern is mm-hmm. with the shotgun for sure if any of our listeners shoot them on the wing let us know what shot you use in the comments there because uh i'm curious about this i am too curious yeah, what uh, what shot and what choke to run? Would you run like would you run a seven and a half and run like a mod choke or something like that and just smoke them on the wing? The seven and a half wouldn't get a lot of penetration, but would probably like if you get a couple in the head or something like that, don't do them in, and yet wouldn't damage the breast. I don't know. Um, I never do this kind of shooting. I always use a twenty two, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah I use the shotgun because most of the time when I'm shooting gross, it's way in or out, and so I can shoot the shotgun from the road where the twenty two I can't. Mm-hmm. So, 
And but yeah, that was that's been my my week. How about you, Mo? Uh, I finally took my bull 1911 to the range the first time I fired it. Uh, it went pretty that? well. It went pretty well. I was happy with it. Um, I brought my like Ipsic gear and everything. So I was doing draws and doubles and a mm. bunch of stuff. I was planning on uh, using it for the match in Grenville this coming weekend and shooting like in the classic division, but I decided not to. So uh, I will in the future, just I wasn't ready yet. Um, cause I was dry firing with it too. And, uh, I'm still not used to a couple of things. The, obviously the mags are slimmer, uh, the single stack versus the double stack. Um, and then the other issue was, uh, the mag release button is a little bit more of a, a struggle for me to get to. So I got to rotate my thumb. So that's something I got to get more comfortable, like, uh, with the, with the tan folio and the CZ before that, it was just easier. It was just easier for me to get to, uh, to the mag button for, for, uh, for changes. Right. So it's something I'll practice and get better at, but I just didn't want to do it for this. Uh, I want to a few, you know, a few more weeks before I actually tried in a match. Um, so that was it for that. I started, um, since I'm, since I moved to the temporary place, I haven't really done too much dry fire practice because I had put my target stands away and things like that. So I finally like got a bunch of loose targets and just put them around in the, in the basement in various spots wherever I could just put them down. And then, so I started to practice and, uh, it's going pretty, it's going pretty well. Um, and I just, I just found it. I, I, since I haven't been doing it, it's like certain things are slipping. Uh, so just get back to practicing again. Um, I renewed my membership for the, the indoor range in Montreal. So I did that. Because if we we have to renew it here, or else we have to take that Law Nine course again, so that's a bit of really? a pain. Yeah, you have to. Is that a you Quebec have to renew, thing? Yes, that's a Quebec thing. So you the have Quebec to renew doing their own thing again. Well, they've been there for a while, but yeah, you have to. Uh, the Law Nine course I took it when I first moved here, so that I could become a member of a of a range in Quebec, and then you have to keep it up, right? So you, I mean, to keep it up, you have to just renew your membership in a timely fashion or, or you end up having to do the course again. So, um, really that's, that's it for me. I'm just looking forward to the, actually haven't done a match in a couple of weeks. So weekends and, uh, the weather's supposed to be pretty nice in Grenville, like 16, 17 degrees. So no snow, no minus 20. So <laughs> anything else. So that's good. Uh, that's it for me. Yay. New guns. Awesome. New guns. New guns. Cool. Well, we'll get into upcoming events. And it is coming up in winter now. So there isn't much, but there is one. Uh, got an email asking us to plug the Lloyd Minster gun show. It'll be on January 21st, 22nd of 2023. And their motto is, if you can't make it down to SHOT Show, <laughs> come on down to our show. Like and it. if you're interested in getting a table, they're mm -hmm. always looking for more uh, people and business businesses to come set up at the show. So get a hold of them. them? Yeah. Them? yeah. Listener Mike. Yeah. Mike. And Mike, Mike sent it to us. Yeah. yeah. Find just a gun person in Lloyd. Flip You'll through the know what phone book and just pick them the phone number and call them. <laughs> <laughs> phone book. 
Yeah. Hey, are you this Mike guy that we heard about? I want to come to the gun show. <laughs> Just pick a mic. Any mic. Any mic. Mike, Mike, any mic. Mike H. <laughs> I'll narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies' days. If you're looking to run a ladies' day that yet this year or pl- planning for next year, get a hold of Kelly and she'll get you all sorted out with uh, sponsorship and support. You can get a hold of her at Slamfire Radio at, g- at g- gmail.com or info at firearmsrights.ca. And we'll get on to the news. And it looks like... I added this one here. Um, Lucky and Blair both lied to the commission. so they did- No way! I, they lied? I'm as surprised as you oh, guys. Jesus. I'm speechless. <laughs> Sorry, I will stop. I have to mute myself. Government yeah, officials lying? I can't believe it. Apparently someone recorded this, this infamous call. And it's pretty damning. It's 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 pretty damning. It's just she's just saying basically like, yeah, you guys, you guys realize there's this gun legislation coming and I need this mm-hmm. information. This gun legislation's coming. Yeah. My boss is asking for this stuff. He's asking for it this many times. I need to get if to him. there was anybody who, who didn't know that I'm so sorry for you it was super obvious we all knew this yeah. was obvious yeah but sorry uh, yeah the fact that it's recorded whoo you want yeah. a smoking yeah. gun it doesn't get much more smoky yeah, yeah. than that <laughs> you you that this is more than just and notes, I mean, everything is recorded right? this is yeah big deal well, so they somewhere. not only did they record it they also took notes <laughs> well i think if you're note. if you're dealing with politics and um it's called cya yeah it's definitely cya <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that den of thieves for sure. Or in this case, it's BYA. BYA. Bring your Bury own house. Your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Courage your ass. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's pretty damning. The rec- if you listen to the, re- like, never mind the words, listen to the recording. It's like, woof. She is like putting the heat on them. They emailed her afterwards. That was inappropriate. That was unprofessional. That was one of the communications directors that emailed her afterwards. This is like smoke and smoke and gun. I don't know if anything will happen or not. Politics. Probably not. This is (laughs) weird thing about what people get upset about or not. It's like, you could, you know, lie about this stuff, but like you're screwed. If you buy some expensive orange juice, that's like, no, sorry. It's amazing how much is going on right now. So there's also the hearings that are about the, uh, Emergency Measures Act, too. Prime Minister is yeah. going to test about that. Brenda and Lucky is going to testify, too. Bill Blair. Everybody. Hmm. Yeah, well, but that huge. won't have any teeth. That won't have any no. teeth. No. No, it was but built into saying. the act. But like, this, is the fir- this is the first time we've ever used it. And because it's who's using it, there it's there's going to be no outcome of it. Right. OPP was a little bit damning. Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Everyone knew that there was like lots of screw-ups around that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah that's speaking it. of wonderful government, uh, CCFR legal challenge. The dates have been set April 11th to 20th, 2023. CCFR yep. et al. versus Canada. And you'd be in Ottawa, but they still need donations to cover costs. So consider donating to that, getting your CCFR membership. Uh, to donate, you can send an EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. And mm-hmm. we'll get on to the new gun stuff. 
Yes. A little bit too quickly on me here. Let's uh, get that on the other screen. Oh, we're waiting. It looks yeah. like Ross is telling us uh, I filed a complaint against Slicky and they gave me a case number. Yeah, it's not going to nice. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart's in the right place. Yeah, you won't succeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I got a couple things I wanted to show here. Uh, let's start with over Tell here. Us what. Tell us what. Okay. Um, I've seen some T1Xs have problems on their line. Mm-hmm. And then primarily are on the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, NDR shooting supplies is making an aluminum 15 round mag for the Tika T1X. Cool. Hmm. I know a lot of guys who run the T1X in like uh, CRPS and ORPS and that kind of thing. Yep. These magazines are expensive. I don't know. Where's the price? 80 bucks. Oh, that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. I thought there were going to be more. They might've had another price up here before. 80 bucks isn't bad. They're like an aluminum sided magazine custom made for the t1x i mean uh that's more than reasonable for for that kind of thing heck an fs9 magazine is like 75 bucks and that's a factory <laughs> mag for a pistol uh cool. yeah aluminum double stack single feed anti-tilt follower uh looks really neat that's gonna be coming november 2022 is the uh, eta on this thing so it should be coming soon um I, if, if I was a T1X owner, I'd be super excited about this because this gives me a little bit more capacity and it potentially gives me more reliability. Yeah. No, I said that really loudly, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. If you have friends had them. Uh, North Silva yeah. announced these MMP thousand round uh, bulk nine millimeter that's made in Canada with a non-toxic primer. These are not reloads. This is fresh virgin brass. Uh, I didn't know that we had a company in Canada that made fresh ammo. Hmm. Like I know we have like reloaders, like we have reloading setups that do like used brass and that kind of thing. But, uh, these guys are using uh, lead free primers, uh, new brass, 124 grain bullets. I don't know what the cost is, but, uh, maybe I couldn't, I couldn't find it anywhere, but I mean, I didn't check every single gun store, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't find them. Uh, well, this is this was fairly new. It yeah, says stocking dealers, but that's not list the dealers. So uh, this is yesterday, though, that they just announced this. So and they might not like, like because North Silva is the distributor. It might be a while for, before these are at retailers. Yeah, actually show I'll up. Take okay. a oh, oh, it says right there, Quebec, Terrebonne, Quebec, Canada. It says on the Who box. Who is uh, Terrebonne? Terrebonne. <laughs> I don't know. Ter- Terrebonne. Who? Terrible? Doing Terrible? That? Terrible. <laughs> it's near know. Montreal. Mo, uh, it's, near, it's near. You should do it. You know what? Hey, Mo, you should yes. be the reporter on the street. You should go and knock on the yeah, door. I'm going to go buy ammo. I'll do yeah. reporting by buying ammo. Yeah, just go Bonjour, and say, hey, have you listened to Slamfire Radio? Uh, My name is Mo. <laughs> I do small batches. <laughs> Adriel, Adriel, stop. Thank you, thank you, Adriel. <laughs> Adriel Michaud, Arette. <laughs> Man Angles with the French name. In your the Arette yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, Delask has, if you're looking for takedown barrels, they have some 12.5 inch blued barrels on the website now for takedowns. Uh, it's very nice and short. That's a nice short barrel on your takedown. That's really interesting. I like 12-inch barrel. My uh, my kid's uh, red dot rifle in the back there that, that he's been using that I also take to maple seeds as like a, 
a loner for uh, for youth is uh, is a twelve inch barrel. I love it. It's just a little bit longer than the Magpul Hunter stock. Yep. So it's basically stock and just a teeny tiny little bit of barrel poking out the end. It's so nice. Highly recommended. Twelve point five inch barrel. Get your barrel over the shit line. What? Okay. What? <laughs> uh, Frontier Firearms has some side by side shotguns. If you're after some, these are like used uh, European ones. Three ninety nine, like so, four hundred bucks flat for yeah. some classy side by sides. If you want that classy side by side v grouse action, that's uh, that's probably the cheapest way to go, right? Yeah, we were talking about that side we by sides t- versus over unders and shotguns. Yeah, we were that, talking yeah, about we actually do doing a show on that. Mm-hmm. I think we need to. I think we need to as well. Bookmark yeah, the stay page. tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, well, if you're looking for cheap over-unders or side-by-side, so Frontier Firearms has some, and the other one is Inner Surplus if you're looking for really yeah. cheap ones. Because I, I don't know what deal, like those. a lot of those came from uh, Tradex originally. Tradex brought in like a whole schwack load of shotguns from uh, Europe. Yeah, schwack load. That's, uh, that's a, it's a couple of tons. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a measurement, yeah. They're, they're all like used shotguns. I don't know what how they got them, but they got a whole pile of used shotguns and brought them over here. And uh, I like them. I, I, I have one over here somewhere. Uh, what else we got here? I want to just want, wanted to make mention of the handguns that are still available uh, that I could find. So Prophet River has a few Ruger Wranglers. Uh, I was like, after I did that video of the Jericho, um, they're, really they're all gone. Handguns. What's that? I said they're not really handguns. The Ruger, Ruger Wrangler? <laughs> Hand revolver. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, so I did. I did the video on the Jericho SFRC. Had some. They're all yeah. gone. Uh, Are they gone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I checked before the show here. They're okay. uh, they're all gone. I got a buddy who bought one of those. Um, and then uh, I think Western Munitions had some, but they were like they want eight hundred bucks or something like that. It's really? gonna get down. To, it's gonna get down to that. It's gonna get down to. No one's going to have stock except for the people who like charge way high and the people, someone's going to be desperate enough to buy those things at that price. You can get $2,000 Glocks on CGN. <laughs> I should put some, I should put some of my guns that I don't really want for like outrageous prices just to see when <laughs> and if they sell. I'm a staunch capitalist. So I believe in that. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So they say they sell for the value and the value is what the market's willing to pay. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> uh, other guns other guns that are available for sale tenda has a uh, sig p320 at least they did the start of the show <laughs> uh frontier said they have several thousand beretta 92 s's these are going for five really? yeah that's what they said <laughs> on the cgn post um now they had something else there that I found kind of interesting. They still have stripped frames for Walther P1s, Enfield number twos, and Webley Mark IVs. Uh, I don't know about the Enfield number two or the Mark IVs. That, that sounds like they'd be hard to, to piece together, but the P1s would be easy enough. If you don't have a handgun yet, and you want to really, really would want a handgun, but you don't have any money, get a P1 stripped frame from Frontier Firearms. And then you can build it later. A P1 will actually, like, it'll be nine millimeter. You can, you know, build it up how you want to. <laughs> I'm not sure what the uh, Enfield number two or the Webley Mark four shoot, but it's probably something that's, I don't know, harder to get. Not as fun to shoot. P ones would be better. Anyways, they have some of those things too. Cool. So there are actually some handguns still available, surprisingly enough. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, Russ is saying, never seen anyone shoot skeet well with a side-by-side. Okay for partridge hunting, though, or wall hangers. Yeah, I I hate using... like Every time I shoot a side-by-side, I really dislike them. The over-under, at least as they got like one plane. Side-by-side just seems like really wide. I can be yeah. fine for grouse. For grouse, it would be fine. A <laughs> blend bird. Yeah. These are cheap enough, like at three ninety nine. Like, yeah, you could just own one just because they're fun. These are oh, those were coach guns too. They, I, I forgot to mention those were so they have external hammers. Uh, so if you were like that old time old timey cowboy, if you wanted to get into cowboy shooting, hammers. Yep, yep. There you go. Okay, we get into the main topic. All right, and for the main topic, we have uh, Ben Stoger joining us. Ben, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Some, I bet I bet a lot of our listeners are also your listeners, but uh, maybe just a quick introduction for those who might not have heard of you. Hi, well, I'm Ben. I, I'm a, uh, a traveling shooting instructor. Uh, I do uh, competitive shooting, uh, some you know, law enforcement, like handgun classes, some rifle stuff, uh, a very small amount of like military training. I do digital coaching, so the same sort of uh, training I do online as a service. And I've I've written a lot of books on the subject. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Kind of my whole life is uh, shooting and teaching. How, how did you get How did you get started in uh, in in something like that? Have, have you been doing it for uh, a fairly long time? Recently, how long has it been? Um, I guess I got started. I got started teaching formally in two thousand eight. I think. Yeah, it was. It was 2008. Uh, but for a few years before that, I'd been putting a lot of material online, like training material and reference material that I found useful. So I had people ask me to start doing it. So I, I did. And it's been full time, like kind of the only thing I've been doing since 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really interesting uh, uh, kind of career path, um, getting into <laughs> yeah. full time instructing. Uh What's it, what's it like? So I, I'd imagine you have like a lot of prep time in between classes and then, and then you've, you've kind of got a lot of traveling to do on the weekends. Is, is that about right? Uh, no. So I, I teach during the weeks, the week now, okay. uh, a lot and, uh, travel quite a lot. Like, I think I had 22 day classes in the last 60 days, something like oh. that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, there was a few nights that I didn't like I didn't sleep. I, I one night I flew from uh Sacramento to Richmond, Virginia overnight. Like I finished Friday night here and I needed to be across the country Saturday morning. And I just wow. slept on the plane and then did my deal the next day. So my schedule's a little hectic, you might say. Yeah, exactly. I think Kelly can relate. She uh, she started up uh, maple seed, which is kind of sim- similar to apple seed up here. And uh, mm-hmm. during one summer, she traveled across Canada, doing training clinics like the whole way and traveling in between. It's uh, I don't know grind. if I can do it. <laughs> quite a quite a grind. Yeah. Um, how, how did you? Um, so you you'd mentioned that you were sharing materials online and that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You've you've won a couple of competitions as well in order to like establish your cred, right? USPSA, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I've won, I think, eight USPSA national titles, and uh, IPSC world title, and uh, I've won the Europeans. I can't hold the title, but I've won the Europeans, which is pretty hard. Um, so I've won. Yeah, I've won a lot of matches. 
I think it's uh, it's important as a as a trainer, I guess that uh, that you that you'd be able to do that, right? You need to be able to not not just talk the talk, but uh, but walk it once in a while as well. You you need to be able to do what you're teaching people. You know, like if you're showing people high level competition shooting, then you have to be able to do high level competition shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if you're showing them something else, you need to understand that it does not. I don't think the world revolves around competition shooting. Yeah. And you, you had mentioned that you're getting into virtual training. I think that's with uh, PSTG, right? Uh, can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, that's not really new. We've been doing uh, so practical shooting training group. It's like, it looks like a forum if you log into it, but it was, there's more than that. It's a lot of uh, training materials and there's also like a, a feedback component. So we have students uh, upload video of them shooting a match or shooting a drill or something in practice. And then we take the video and, and record a feedback and uh, give them feedback on what they're doing. And we've been doing that since like 2018. So like I said, it's not really new, but it's, uh, we've learned a lot doing it. I'd say like we're pulling stuff off of footage. I never thought we could uh, understand and like uh, fix in a remote setting, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been good. Yeah. I think um, uh, one of the interesting things about listening to your podcast is, uh, and I get like, if this would this would be obvious, but it wasn't obvious like immediately. Uh, was just the fact that you can ask the same question of multiple instructors, and if they really know what they're talking about, they'll give like basically the same answer. Uh, it seems like there's like from from a, a really beginner's uh, standpoint, it seems like there's a lot of art. But actually, when you think when you when you think about it, and when you see how your instructors and the other uh, uh, people in the podcast answer some of the common questions that come up, it's all just science. It's all just they, they have common answers to some of those common problems, right? Yeah, well, really, shooting is pretty simple. I think um, people that don't understand it want to, like, dress it up in a bunch of nonsense, but shooting fundamentally is not really that complicated. It's hard to do. It's just not – you're not trying to do something that's really complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've got a, a kind of a selfish question here. Um you talked about target focus in some of your uh, in some of your podcasts. I've I've only ever done target focus. Is it is it something like you, you'd seriously recommend for uh, for new shooters, for more experienced shooters, starting with target focus, or would you still always like because like the 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 common I guess uh, uh, training is to like always do a front sight focus, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like people have the perception that that makes them more accurate. But if they're shooting the gun in a practical setting, I don't, I don't think that's true. For most people, I don't think it's true at all that like front sight focus makes it more accurate than target focus. I think a lot of people don't understand target focus. When you say target focus, you don't mean you're not using the sights. You're still mm-hmm. aligning them. You're still using them and seeing them, and you see where the three bumps are on the slide. You're just, they're just blurry. You still use them. And the target's clear. And I think um, if you really test it, you're going to be more accurate shooting target focused with two eyes open. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one other thing that I've, I've heard you guys mention a couple of different times is put is taping over the, uh, the dot, like the, the red dot. Can you mm-hmm. tell us more about what that's all about? All right. So if you have a, if you have a red dot site and you tape over the front of it, it's called occluding the dot. Um, if you have normal eyes, like this doesn't work for everybody. Like, 98% of people this will work for, but not everyone. Uh, so you tape over the front of the dot. Um, and then if you know you have normal binocular vision, you know, both your eyes can see the target. 
what you'll see is a ghost image of your gun superimposed over the target with, with the red dot as part of that image. And then you'll see the target clear. Uh, you know, like a, you want to pick a defined spot and have the red dot go to that spot. That's what you want. If you get drawn into the red dot visually, then the dot will appear clear and your gun will appear clear. But then you'll start to perceive the tape over the front of the dot. And then it shuts down your view of the target. Now you're focused on something up close. So, you know, your dominant eye will take over and you'll see that tape and you'll realize you can't see the target. So that becomes a good training tool to keep you focused on the target. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's not something that I think a lot of people have tried, um, but uh, I've, I've heard you guys mention it a couple of times on the podcast. Seems like uh, seems really interesting. Right. So uh, most people, if most people, like if they if they say, "Yeah, I'm focused on the target, and I'm focused on the target all the time," they're wrong. I, it's yeah. nobody does it all the time. Uh, yeah. So you, if they, if you believe that, like you're definitely wrong um, about your, you know, believe that about yourself. So that because like once you realize that using a training tool to help figure out like oh yeah my eye is getting drawn on the dot like when I perceive the targets as far away or whatever or when I'm leaning around something and shooting like yep I see what's happening that that's why people do that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not really anything to do with instruction. I was just really curious because it's I've, I've, it's something that I've heard you guys talk about that uh, that seemed interesting. Uh, in in terms of instruction, um, what have you found successful in terms of like getting getting students into uh, classes? Do you do you have to advertise a lot? Do you just like get by uh, on uh, on brand name alone now? Uh, do you have to uh, like what what do you got to do to uh, fill the classes? Uh, well, I I just put stuff out on social media all the time, just instructional stuff. I put whole classes on YouTube. It's like, hey, if you like it, come to the class. And, you know, if you don't, that's fine too. It's like, so uh, that that has worked for me. I don't know what will work for other people, but just putting out, I mean, I'm pretty open about what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'll answer people's questions on podcasts or, yeah. hey, here, here's this drill that we're doing, like whatever. Um, and I think that works. I mean, if you don't know what you're talking about, that won't work, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've noticed, uh, especially in the last uh, month or two. Well, the, I guess there was a, a bit where you couldn't post up there, but uh, uh, you've yeah. been going pretty hard on Instagram, uh, posting little clips of videos. Yeah, I've been shitting on a lot of people on Instagram. Definitely. He's an Instagram <laughs> star now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's no, been, I mean, uh, that's been good fun. Yeah, the content's been really good, um, uh, and and I've 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 enjoyed a lot of the uh, little clips that you've been putting up, as well as the other shenanigans that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, been up the shenanigans us. are definitely fun. Yeah, yeah, but um, so um, in in terms of uh, what you're trying to do next in uh, in instruction, what are you, what do you what are you are you like working on developing more material? Or are you working on getting more books out? What is, what's uh, what's coming up next? Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of shifted i want to do a lot more rifle shooting actually i ordered a lot of rifle ammo i got I like forty thousand rounds in the last uh, couple of years <laughs> it's shown up now and i've unpacked it and it was like i have to find a place to put it if i get more so i'm gonna shoot a lot of rifle and i'd like to teach more rifle uh, i have a rifle book coming so that should all be oh, that's should cool. all be good yeah um yeah that's kind of the big goal for now i'm not sure what i'll do after that huh yeah, I, I have noticed like the uh, lot more, a lot more uh, rifle clips. I think on YouTube now because uh, um, I was I was seeing a couple of clips that you had over there as well. But 
yeah. that's uh, is is that primarily to address like more military or more civilians that are just more interested in, in learning their rifle or just to have like another another thing to teach? I mean, it's kind of both. So the style of rifle shooting that I do is like it's like the way that our special forces soldiers are trained to shoot. I mean, fundamentally, it's like up close, aggressive carbine shooting. Um, and then paired with a pistol, you know, shot from retention as well. So, uh, so there's a lot of guys who are trained to do that, but there's not a game built around it. But it's also mm -hmm. a lot of fun. So I started shooting in that style because I was doing uh, military pistol training. So they're like, hey, you should, you should train with this because we'd be curious what you can do with this. So I started training it. I got some guns and I got some more guns and I kept training it and, and I've been teaching it. So... Yeah, it's just been it's been interesting for me. So I think there'll be a lot of people interested in training that way when they kind of see what it's all about. Yeah, and competing in that way too. We you know for for a rifle pistol combo sports up here, we have CQB, service yep. rifle CQB. That's a very accuracy uh based sport though. It's not action shooting. Uh, there's three gun through the, but then you got to shoot a shotgun. Some people really, really don't like that aspect of three gun. <laughs> two gun. Two we gun. also have two gun. Two Which, gun would be the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Is, is that your intention is to like, are, are there any two gun matches out there? Or are you looking to not build that are built, things? not that are built around this? Like maybe, so there may be, uh, another organization coming forth like, uh, built around this kind of thing. I guess we'll see. But uh, hmm. no, I mean, I think, uh, I think the, the rifle content will, it will appeal to many law enforcement and military guys. And I think a lot of other people will see it and like it and want to try it. Yeah. So, well, there's, sorry, go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, is it more practical compared to other sports that are out there? Uh, it's practical for the way you use a rifle. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So specifically for LEO or military? No, it's not specific to that, but like okay. it's the way they're trained to shoot those guns. Okay. Like up close and aggressive, like up to 75 yards, like standing aggressive shooting, like not um, not like even with magnification, just shooting a red dot. Straight. Okay. Love it. That would yeah. be fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, some yeah. Of, some of our three gun courses of fire are kind of are, are, are kind of like that. They're they're that close in, uh, fast shooting, uh, but with a shotgun. Where a sh like a, a shotgun doesn't really belong anywhere on like a, a attack in the in the tactical scene. Uh, rifle pistol definitely does though. That's uh, yeah, yeah. So with three gun, typically it's up close and aggressive hosing with the rifle. But if you're doing normal scoring, then you're not considering the hits. They just has to be two anywhere. Which, you know, I don't love that. I'm going to be honest with you. But then if they're testing accuracy, it'll be like eight inch plates at 200 yards or something where you're, you're pretty seriously host if you just have a red dot. I mean, you're at a, you're at a disadvantage against magnification. Definitely. Yeah. So, so you're, you're thinking like hit factor then something that's, that's yeah, like definitely that hit shooting hit factor. Hmm. And then making it so the courses of fire are still interesting with, without magnification, like, yeah. Well, my my three gun matches. I run a, a rifle with a red dot. That's that's all yeah. I run. It's 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 nice and fast, close up. It's accurate enough for long distance. I think like a four MOA target is uh, is a bit tough. Uh, but 
it's doable. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not as, just not as good. But for you know, for all that, for all that downside, close in. If you've got to shoot like under a car or through a window or somewhere where that rifle can't be like seated properly, that red dot, it's great because there's no, uh, there's no parallax or there's no eye box to worry about. Anywhere you can see that dot is good enough, so you can. No, the red shoot. dot's like a way more practical solution. For yeah, sure. yeah, it makes it shooting through like a VTAC or something like that way better than a scope because a scope is just. It's not as great shooting that kind of a thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I heard a little bit about that off of the uh, the in range uh, uh, interview you did. What was that? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I heard the I heard the alluding to uh, to different rule sets and that kind of thing. It's interesting because right 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 now in Canada, the there is no like centralized three gun rule set because our rules are just to like what we're limited to here is just so different than the U S that uh, we have to run something different. Um, but I have seen yeah. like more, more sports running USPSA multi-gun rules are trying to, to run off of that. We had three gun nation rules before, but that kind of like when it went out the, the window, UML hasn't really been doing like, well, I guess there's some clubs that run it. Kyle. There's some. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's still a couple matches going on down in the states, but it's it's I don't know. It's I think it's pretty much out. I think they're still trying yeah. though. Yeah. So I'm not sure where, where we're going with that. If we're going to use USPSA multi gun and that's what we're going to stick with, or uh, if it's going to be something else, maybe like the brutality series or something like that. I like it. Like there's there, there's definitely a, a a lot of people out there who like that st- that style of match, that brutality style, but. Uh, it can be hard to do like a race, like a like a proper <laughs> competitive race when you're doing brutality style. Was because brutality style is uh, there's I guess there's like more random like RNG in there. Um, yeah, but um, in in terms of uh, just getting back to the uh, instruction, uh, what's a what's a typical class like uh, for one of the classes you'd put on? Uh, it's typically like if it's like an open enrollment civilian competition class, it's a two day thing. Um, usually I'll use a few bays or two bays have, we'll have a stage built, which we'll talk about and people will shoot it. I especially like to see their cold shooting. And then we work through a series of drills and exercises, you know, to highlight specific areas like your grip or, you know, what you're doing with your vision or some, like some spots where you're building tension, you know, that's throwing off your, your target transition, stuff like that, and just kind of work through people shooting uh, systematically until they understand what's happening. Awesome. And uh, it, what, what kind of round count are they, are they running through in a day? In a day, like typically it's like 500 a day on average. Um, it can be more or less depending on who they are and what they're doing. So if I do like, a, if it's like a military unit and they, if they're not limited as far as ammo, I've had guys shoot 2000 a day. <laughs> wow. Just like that's a lot of reloading time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, it's no reloading time actually for them. It's like, that's it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. So I shoot it like in those cases, I'll shoot a lot with them. Like I'll shoot 2000 a day with them. Shoot wow. a lot. That's gotta be great. Get a little bit of reps in, get some practice. Yes. If you've shot that much, like, there's, there comes a point where it's like your hands are pretty sore and you're just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's uh yeah, that's really interesting. Um, if, uh, if, 
if someone is listening now and they've got the ear of their range, how do they get you out to uh, to their range to instruct? Just give me an email. Like send an email and I'll send you a, like a list of requirements. Like basically, if their range can do an IPSC match in theory, and they're safety wise, they're okay with me coming. Like then it'll be fine. We can work it out. Like if they have those things, it is okay. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, two thousand rounds a day—that's a lot. Yeah. Um, oh man, like, <laughs> I've had some—I have had some interesting and, opportunities in my in my life. So I'm are you? Shooting a lot. I did have a question. Are you able to come up to Canada? Like uh, Adrian was saying that prior to COVID, you actually had something scheduled for Edmonton. No issues uh, at all right now with coming up to Canada. Uh, not from me. No, I've been to okay. Canada many. I think I've been to Canada like thirty or forty times. Awesome. For training specifically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Crash you, you've competed in some of our nationals too, IPSC nationals. I believe. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about specifically of uh, knowledge transfer. Oh. Sometimes it's, eh. we were able to go ITAR? down there a little bit, but are you, are you talking about ITAR Kelly? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my stuff's all open source. It's all published. True. So it doesn't, doesn't you publish it on YouTube and say, here it is. <laughs> it's in books too so it's yeah that's true too pretty hard to argue it's protected yeah Hmm. perfect so we can send you an email and say come on up awesome or we can go down there it's more fun to go down there we can shoot better guns different ones Uh, mags that aren't capped (laughs) (laughs) take those yeah the mag thing's annoying the no AR thing really sucks yeah we know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know. We've been running, some people have been running RDBs, like the Caltech RDBs, Tavor X95s. Uh, and then we also have these uh, locally made 180 clones that, uh, like the AR180, that's like a yeah. big thing up here. So we've got all these clones of those things that uh, that people have been running. But it's not quite, it's not the same as an AR15. It's just not as, they're not as cheap. They're not as accurate. They're not as good. They're not as reliable as just a, a plain old $500, $600 AR. Right. Or more expensive <laughs> ARs, which are still sitting in our safes right now. So, What did they offer you money for a buyback yet? Stop. Oh, that money will never come back. <laughs> It'll never come? <laughs> no. They're running into budget problems now. So. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I we're not doing a great job, but you know, hard to say. <laughs> no, it's not really hard to say. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for you guys. Like, our situation's not a lot better, but you know, still. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least right now you have some protection, but. Uh, we don't decent protection at this <laughs> at the Supreme Court level. Yeah, we don't have any yeah. don't have anything like that. We're we're so. hooped. Basically, if you're really into guns in Canada, you got to move. You got to get a job in the U.S. and move. That's <laughs> that's like the the best move for you. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other questions from the hosts, Kyle? Mo? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to add one. Go ahead. Go ahead. As an instructor, your biggest gripe when you're at a class with students, uh, you know, common things that students do that just rubs you the wrong way um I, I don't really get annoyed with people but it does like the people that don't like understand what's going on because i don't do a whole lot of talking so we're like explaining like hey this is what we're doing people that don't um 
pay attention to that, then it's kind of annoying, to be honest. If it's like more than once the same class, the same person, it's like Jesus. It's always, it's always going to be the same person. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody's actually at your class, is there? Do they need to know what they're doing first of all, or can you a novice go in? Oh no, it'd be like the people that I would want are people that have. I guess you'd say they passed a black badge course in Canada. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, like those type of people. So we don't do any stuff like that, and it's uh, yeah, I guess it'd be more serious. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to ask you if uh, are you going to the world shoot in Thailand? No, no, I'm not, I'm, uh, not uh, eligible for IPSC competition at the moment. No. Oh, even for okay. Yeah. No. So we had a question from one of our our listeners. He says, "Can you bring your handguns into Canada now without tons of paperwork to import?" So, um, have you tried traveling since we've had some issues up north here? I haven't. No, I haven't tried to go to Canada for a while. But uh, I don't. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was. I always had to get a get a permit. Permit. But I need an ATT and a like a temporary license, but I'd have the temporary license before I showed up at the border. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't imagine it's any easier than it was. And it wasn't that easy before. <laughs> no, it's no, much it easier for us easier. to go down with ours than, although, yeah. 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 Um, well, I know even for us coming back right now with our handguns, we have to get a totally separate permit to be able to bring them in because of that importation ban. Ban. I, I read that some guys were actually getting stuck at the border coming into the country with their own handguns. So, uh, yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, I'll, uh, recently I heard that they're looking at expanding uh, the criteria, though, that sport shooters, IPSEC shooters. Interesting. Different. So, yeah, yeah. Um, just to, uh, on that, Ben, uh, we had talked. Um, there was the possibility of sport shooters having uh, exemptions up here. Um, they were talking about this being like Olympic sport shooting and that kind of thing. We we're hoping it would include IPSIC so that we could uh, do more fun stuff, buy, buy handguns if we needed to, replace them if they broke. Otherwise, like, okay, great, you've got like a Shadow or a Tanfo or something like that, frame breaks on it or some like major part breaks on it. You might be hooped. Might be hooped in Canada. So no. maybe that'll come in. Maybe that'll come in. Um, anyone else have any questions for Ben? Um, I would just actually had one come to mind and uh, just trying to think of how to phrase it. <laughs> Are you still training with, uh, with an optic ready CZ? Uh, this week I'm shooting a Walther. Are you? Which one? Oh, the PDP. Mm-hmm. Mm. My friend from the Walther team is training with me, so I figured I'd just shoot the same gun as him. <laughs> Mr. Kim? Yeah. They're nice guns. Come on. Yeah, they're really he seems to guns. shoot it fast. Yeah. Uh, Hwansik, he's, he, seems, mm-hmm. he seems to shoot it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> pretty decent on the on his double taps. Yep. Uh, cool. Well, if, if there's no other questions, uh, well, um, Ben, thanks for coming on. Oh, sorry. Um, Kyle, did you have a question there? Yeah, I finally remember and figured it out. So you were mentioning you put basically all your training and content online. Um, you expand the mentality on that? Because I know a lot of people, they put little clips in just to try and 
bring someone into the course, but I mean, if you're putting whole courses out there, obviously we know that you get the benefit right. being there, but the mentality behind that thing. All right. So I'll, I kind of do it any way people want to do it. So I'll do a podcast, which people don't pay for. I have a digital coaching service, which people do pay for. And that has like another guy doing a podcast, which people pay for half of it. Or I have books, which you can buy, or you could just borrow from somebody. And I put whole classes on YouTube, which, you know, are there for you if you want them and they're free. Uh, What I find is that nothing I do takes away from anything else. It's like people have the idea that they're giving the class away for free if they put it on YouTube, but they're really not. I mean, it's not near the same thing as actually being there. Yeah. Like when I have people show up all the time, we're like, Oh, I shot this drill or I tried this thing, but yeah, now I understand it or whatever. Mm. Like it's not the same thing at all. Um, but giving it to people like basically like any venue that people want to consume the stuff, like have it there for them. Like that's kind of what I do. I, I think of it that way. Yeah. I think your branding and your name is big enough that people, if, you know, you can go to YouTube University, but you can also, I think, they'll want to actually train with you in person. So, as well. And there's there's something you said about having, like, a pro instructor actually analyzing what you're doing. You can yep. watch YouTube, but you can't, like, really know what you're doing wrong unless you, like, know how to self-diagnose. A lot of yep. people don't have the tools. Well, like, to 99% of the people watching the stuff on YouTube do not shoot seriously anyway. Yeah. True. Like mm-hmm. They don't, they effectively don't matter to like what I'm doing as far as like what I'm offering as a product. Like it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like informational or entertainment or whatever for them, which is fine. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier when you said taking a video of the person and breaking it down. Do you think that's one of the best things somebody who is learning to shoot or wanting to get better? It's one of the best things that they can do. Uh, take a video of their shooting, have somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and, yeah. and analyze it. Yeah, that's good. It's better. I mean, you could just go shoot with more experienced people. Yeah. That will not be hard to find when you know, like that's probably the easiest way, but yeah, I mean, video of yourself is better than nothing. Yeah, for sure. Get on the super squad. I like it. Get on the super squad. (laughs) Get all the better shooters to tell you what you're doing wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Or how to do something right. Well, I mean, just Um, when you start, just go to a match and pretty much everyone there will know stuff that they can teach you. Yeah. When just it was, when you start, then you'll progress past that pretty quickly. Yeah, my first match was like really eye opening. I thought I was like, yeah, I can shoot well. And I went to my first match and I was like, oh, I I can't. <laughs> Actually, I'm terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of people out there just you know have no idea where they stand and 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 what skills they might have or not have. Uh, yeah. Sir Sir Sergey was asking, uh, what's the best country to give courses at, oh, other than well. the U.S. <laughs> yeah, let's put that caveat in there. Man, I don't know. That's good. It would definitely not be Kingston, Ontario. If that's hey! <laughs> that's where he lives. Yeah, that's where Kelly is as well. She's in Kingston. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, good stuff. Awesome. Well, uh, we're, we're at 5.30 here, so uh, thanks thanks uh, for coming on, Ben. Maybe uh, just you. before we let you go, let people know um, where they can find out about your stuff, where they can buy your books and, and all oh, that other good stuff. BenSteger.com is my website. It has uh, course listings. BenSteggerProShop.com has uh, stuff uh, to buy. PracticalShootingTrainingGroup.com is the digital coaching thing I mentioned. And, 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. The books are on Amazon, so they're pretty easy to find. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well thanks again for thank coming you. on, and thanks for thanks. Uh, giving us thanks the opportunity for to me. talk to you. Thanks. Awesome. Maybe I'll invite you to Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, Ben Stager, for coming on and telling us about being an instructor and other little bit chit chat. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked actually. So, so specifically, I think that Adriel, you brought up a really good point. Um, sorry, I'm joking in the background. Um, the focus on the target mm-hmm. uh, with handgun drilling close, close range. Um, that's some of the things where that I've been instructed on as well. So. Just basically, you're not gonna hit. You're not gonna miss. So just focus on the target and drill it, drill it, drill it. Same thing with uh, carbines as well. Close. Meh. I do. I do just target focus all the time for close or for far. For close. Yeah. 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 It's. Um, I've never looked at the front sight. I notice it. Like you notice it coming into your vision and put it in yeah, the it's, it's, it's it's hammer it. Yeah. yeah. However, if I'm taking a shot from. 30, 40 yards, I'm going to line up those freaking signs. Target focus, line them up now. <laughs> can do it. Trust the do target it. focus. Trust <laughs> it. Can't. Can't. Can't Trust in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Give yourself to the target yeah. focus. <laughs> Turn yourself over to the dark side of going target focus only. <laughs> Okay. Oh, and the, and the, yeah. including the site on on your red dot like for, forces yeah. it right. So that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's a whole point there. Yeah, I totally understood that when he talked about that because yeah, we tend to focus on certain things and yeah, why are we looking at the red dot through the? Yeah, just do it. Tape it over. <laughs> yep. 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 Into <laughs> listener feedback, mm-hmm. and I think Facebook we've stayed pretty much on top of here tonight. Uh, so yeah, Mike Mike yeah. brought up a good point. So he said you can't put a price on having to change megs uh, during a stage. So he was talking about T1X yeah. megs that are 15 rounders, um, absolutely. And so Russ brought up a good point. He says he's never seen it, uh, anyone shoot side uh, shoot skeet well with side by side, and it's true. You can't really do that. You can do over and under really well because you're lining up. Uh, um, it's okay for partridge. So go ahead and do it. Do it. Do it. I th- really do think that we need to do a, a show a little bit more in depth on side by side and over and unders. Cool. I like them. I like mine. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's, there's anybody else. Yeah, we don't think so. Yeah. Uh, no emails this week. Nope. Uh, we do have Cabela's link. Are we going to do that this week or? Yeah, why not? Bring it up. Yeah. Okay. So we did have a few things purchased through our Cabela's link. So we got three 1022 megs, 10 boxes of Browning BPT 9mm ammo, and a Benchmade Osborne 940 folding knife. And that might be the topic of one of our upcoming shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that too. Yeah. I think that we need to do that. So it looks like people are going uh, to Maple Seeds. 1022. <laughs> um, yeah. That 9 mil ammo was a good good price too. Yeah. yeah. What about the... Um, yeah. 
we were going to talk about some knives. I'd like to know if those that are listening are interested in us doing it. It's a gun show, but are you listening? Are you interested in us talking about knives as well? Put your hands up. And if you're not, we don't care. We're doing a show on knives anyways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have, I do have another it's too late. It's in the schedule. So would, would knives also include multi-tools like Leatherman's? Are we strictly doing knives or should we do knives and multi tools? Anything with the blade. So swords, axes, everything. No. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Or why not? Machetes, knives. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Boot knives. Why not? Boot as long knives. As you like the bat. If you're the bad guy, you kick him, kick on the ground, you get a boot knife come out. The Pokers? good guy like defeats you, even though you got the boot Pokers. knife. Pokers. Yeah. Pokers. Pokers. Yes. Pokers. Nothing. Like fire pit. Move on. Walk by. <laughs> Nothing to see. All right. Okay. All right. So if you are buying something from Cabela's, just go to our website and click the click the link. It's right on the front page there, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it gives us gives the show a little bit of a kickback if you use our link. And, and once a month, we're gonna about. compile what people bought, and we're gonna go through them and see if you bought anything interesting. Yeah. Uh, like a shop vicariously through you. Buy some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, YouTube. There were a couple comments on there. There was from Dwayne S on the Charles Daly 101 video. It says I have the 20 gauge 20 inch 28 inch barrel. I can't talk tonight. Yeah. Okay, and I love that shotgun. Accurate AF. 20 gauge. I like 20 yeah. gauges. No, so. yeah. hmm, oh, I had some slip-on butt pads come in the mail today. I bought like some cheap ones from China. Brought mm-hmm. like two. They just showed up in the mail, so I'm putting them on that gun that, that my kid was going to shoot that 20 gauge. And uh, oh yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Sweet. So it's too light. It's a five pound shotgun. It's just too light. It just gets too much speed recoiling. Yeah. We, we got another... something from Katie. Yep, from Kyle D on episode 477. Said, thanks for all you do. I can always count on you to provide a laugh or two and helpful information. Can you weigh in on the black hole that is laser trainers? Seems to be a large amount of people who deem it as useless and compare it to a video game. What are your experiences? Are they just dust collection devices? No, uh, I'm So I'm, I'm taking some people to the range this weekend. And my normal MO, if I can get them at my place, if they meet me on my place, then we go to the range afterwards in one vehicle. I get them in the basement with a handgun and a laser bullet in it. And the whole reason I do that is I want them to see where it impacts versus the sights. Because sometimes some people don't align the sights properly. And the quickest way to get confirmation that you're doing it properly is by seeing the dot. And some people will also like slap the hell out of the trigger and you can see, oh, you see, you see how the red dot like went down and to the left. Now what mm-hmm. I need you to do is nice, slow squeeze of it. Now you can see it. So I use it for like confirmation that they're doing the right thing. And then I take it out of the gun and we go to the range. So that, that's yeah. primarily what I use mine for. Yeah, I think I don't have one, but I think it would be good for just training that your trigger finger and that you're not pulling the pulling your shot when it breaks. Exactly. You can see that. Yeah, you can see that in there. I think like the downside to the laser trainers is that sometimes you focus on the laser and not like the steps that you're that you're supposed to be yeah. doing. So yeah. 
Uh, some people don't like them for that reason, but well, it's it's just a it's just a tool, right? As long as I know you there's don't... one out there that it doesn't actually send the laser out until you fire the shot, and it actually mm-hmm. records it on your phone or whatever, so you can yeah. actually see where that ended up. Yeah, yeah, mine does that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I I almost never use it for that kind of a thing. I'm usually looking for um, the Mantis X does give better feedback on yeah. what happens when the trigger goes off. And um, can give you some ideas about what to try. Uh, the laser uh, thing is, um, I, it's fun as a competition. Like with my kids, sometimes I'll get like, you know, let's compete and see how we can each do kind of a thing and, and, and compete for accuracy and, and that kind of thing. It's fun for that. Um, but I don't th- like the Mantis X is better for feedback on what the trigger's doing than the laser at the far end and seeing it going down or swooping or whatever. Okay. I like using them for visual confirmation. You pull the trigger. That's where the dot went. That's probably around where a bullet would go. And then you get to see if their alignment's correct or not. That's imp- It's so hard to, to diagnose that at the range. Someone's like not hitting the target. You're hitting too high. You're hitting too high. They don't know what they're doing wrong. You got to look around. You got earplugs in. You got to like try to figure it out on the, I'd rather do it at home with a laser dot that, that is easy to see. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you to Dwayne Kyle for commenting on those YouTube videos. Uh, we got nothing from Instagram, nothing from Facebook. If you would like to email the show, you can send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a new Patreon. Got Patch Rat for $2. So, hey, Patch Rat. Welcome to the club. Thank you. And thank you. if you're listening, send your uh, address in and Adriel can get that shipped out. Send you a patch, you patch rat. (laughs) 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 I had to. Thank you for supporting us. It's awesome. And we have recently uploaded some videos on uh, packing for the range and such for our Patreonies and we do have some stuff coming up in the future. Uh, Shout out to recommendations. Do you have anything? I do. Okay, Kelly. So I just wanted to say thank you to the people at Delasco. I ordered uh, some stuff and it got shipped out within a couple of days and I received it. So all kinds of stuff is going to be happening to some rifles this weekend. Going to upgrade nice. them. So yeah, Delasco is really good customer service and good product as well. So thank you to them. And as I said, thanks to Kyle for setting me up with some boots and Russ for taking over some of the events in Ontario. And yeah, and as I said, uh, Ragnarok for setting us up so that we're going to be super safe at the range. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Adriel, I saw you type in there. Yeah, I just I just remembered. I can't believe I forgot, but uh, uh, I, I, I sold some guns to Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I gave him a pretty good deal, but uh, the oh. the um, like a shotgun and uh, and a twenty two, and uh, uh, it freed up some cash on my side. So I was like, "Oh, what guns am I going to buy?" And you know what happened? What? My washer what? died. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So I didn't get any what guns. I, I went and got a new washer. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But, I was going to uh, buy a gun and I had to buy a new fridge and stuff. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, that life stuff gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. 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 
That's awesome. Mo? Mo, no, do you have any? For me. No? No, I don't sure. have a shout out either. So uh, we're just going to sign off. Go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a review on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, wherever. Uh, join the CCFR and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, Ben Stoker, for coming on. Later. Thank you. Good night. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.